I'm Ben Shapiro. This is The Ben Shapiro Show. Joining us on the line is Nikki Haley, former U.S. ambassador to the United Nations, where she was a member of the president's cabinet and the National Security Council. And of course, she served as the 116th governor of South Carolina. Ambassador Haley, thanks so much for joining the program. Great to talk to you again. Welcome to the South, Ben. We're happy to have you down here. I'm certainly happy to be here and not in California. So let's talk about this <laughs> this brand new piece that you have out at Daily Wire. Uh, it really is, uh, I think, a fascinating and insightful piece about one of the biggest problems facing the country right now, maybe the biggest problem in the country right now, and that is the newfound obsession with the language of equity, this, 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 this notion that the government is here to cure all ills, that America is essentially divided by race, and that the only force capable of rectifying that breach is the federal government of the United States. You write about that in a pretty personal way in The Daily Wire. Maybe you can talk about that. Yeah, I mean, I think, look, I'm, the way I start out is, you know, I'm brown. I'm a woman. I'm the daughter of immigrant parents. The way the progressives want to define that is I'm immediately disadvantaged before I start. They immediately want to say that I'm a victim, which I'm not. And they want to say that life isn't fair, that America's not fair. And this actually goes back to socialism. Most people think of socialism from economic terms. But what the progressives, the Democrats, and President Biden want you to think is that being equitable has to be equitable on outcomes, not on opportunity. If you want to go and look at equity, equity in terms of opportunity, that's one thing. That's something we should all strive for, that everyone has the same opportunities. But to do it on outcomes, you're not lifting people up. You're leveling people off. And that's a dangerous game. And that leads to hate. That leads to anger. That leads to tyranny. It's what socialism is all about, is when you put more and more of the hands of government on making people equitable, that's really not what's working. I, you know, I've long said America is not a racist country. Our founders wanted equality and freedom for everyone. We're not a perfect country. We've worked hard to get to that. But I don't want my daughter to think because she's brown and she's a woman that she's immediately a victim and can't have everything America has to offer. When I was at the United Nations, we were the beacon of hope. We are the beacon of hope. Because we don't have racism. We don't have sexism in our country. We're the one country that's managed to overcome and continue to defeat that. Other countries can't say the same thing. And so when progressives want to immediately say that America is wrong and America is racist and America is sexist, it's basically putting half of the country as victims. And I think that's just a dangerous play because we all know that once socialism opens that door, you can't close it. And that's a dangerous avenue for our country to be taking. It is pretty incredible that this is where we are five decades after the Civil Rights Act, uh, which essentially made it federally illegal for racism or sexism to prevail in either the private or the public spheres. Uh, and yet the implication is that America somehow is worse off today than we were even decades ago, that America has these intractable, intractable problems with race uh, and with sex and with gender, and that all of these need to be solved by the heavy hand of the federal government coming in and, and fixing all of your problems. It does seem like we're in the middle of a great reshift in thinking uh, in terms of the nature of the relationship between government and the individual. Uh, it seemed like you know the era of small government that spanned from the era of Ronald Reagan, uh, at least in rhetoric, all the way up through uh, Donald Trump has now been completely overthrown. It started to be overthrown under Barack Obama. In practice, it's been overthrown for years. But now the rhetoric is completely different. Now you don't even hear about the possibility of a limited government that allows for individual freedom. The government is just here to help. Well, and don't think for a second that there's anything moderate about President Biden. He has gone down and will go down as the most progressive 
president that we've ever had. And the idea that they are going to just make everyone a victim, which, by the way, there are no victims on the border, in case you haven't heard. But they're going to make everybody victims just by the race and the gender of how they were born. And then go and have that be the reason that we need socialism in this country is ludicrous and it's dangerous. And that's why we need to stand up. That's why we need to be proud. Be proud of this country. I mean, at the United Nations, the number of countries that loved the fact that we had freedom of speech, freedom of religion, free to be anything and everything we wanted to be without government getting in our way. That's the beacon of hope we want to be. That's the beacon of hope that we strive to be. And that's one that we are a work in progress. We've always said we're a work in progress. We have our flaws, but we are much better off than most countries in this world. And we have to fight for America and we have to fight for truth. And I think that's really important in these days of um, woke culture and canceling people out. Uh, and Ambassador Haley, one of the things that's been kind of astonishing is to see the extent to which America's enemies have picked up on a lot of the arguments that are made regularly by the American left. So there was this much ballyhooed sort of exchange between the new Secretary of State, Anthony Blinken, uh, and a representative of the Chinese government, in, in which the representative of the Chinese government, after being lectured uh, by Secretary of State Blinken uh, correctly about the genocide that the Chinese are waging against the Uyghurs, uh, the Chinese representative immediately came back and said, well, you're a racist country. You guys say you're a racist country. You're, you're horrible to black people. You're horrible to, to brown people. You're horrible to Asian Americans. You're horrible to, to women. Uh, and so who are you to lecture us on the on the international stage about all of this? And Anthony Blinken's response was so luke cold. It was kind of astonishing. He said, well, yes, but in America, we actually have processes for cleansing ourselves of these sins. It's like, well, that's not all we have. We also happen to be pretty great in, in the past few decades, at the very least, uh, in dealing with these problems and getting progressively better at having dealt with these problems to, to compare the, the current state of America to the current state of China is utterly unthinkable or should be unthinkable. But Blinken really had no defense considering that this the, the same assumption lies at the wellspring uh, and as, as the basis for Biden's policy. And this was such a Chinese move to do, but we have totally given it to them on a silver platter. The idea that America is so distracted with race and gender and socialism and all of these things, the Chinese are seizing on that. They're seizing on that not to go and humiliate us. They're seizing on that to show the rest of the world, see, that's what a democracy looks like. It's unorganized chaos. It's not what you want. Instead, look to China. We're the moral authority. And that's where we have not done enough to counter China. You know, for too long, they always thought that if we were nice to China, China would want to be like us. China doesn't want to be like us. We need to change our tone to them. China wants to be communist. They want to be the superpower. They are on the verge of doing that. They have the largest naval fleet. They've got the largest air defense systems. They are trying to give vaccines to every country so that they can gain favor. And now they want to turn around and use our own words against us by saying we're racist, saying we're sexist, saying that we have human rights issues. And that's where I wish Blinken and President Biden would stand up and say, no, we're not a racist country. No, we're not a sexist country. And by the way, we don't do slave labor. We don't have sexual abuse. We don't have physical abuse like what you had. And then combine with other countries and actually do something about it. You know, we did, they did, and it was good to see yesterday that there were some sanctions that um, the U.S. did with Britain and the European Union on China, but they're really mainly symbolic. You know, they, they don't actually go in and throw a punch. And I think that's something that we should have considered doing. I think it's a great first step, but we got to throw a punch back. We can't let them have the narrative. And 
Secretary Blinken's going to have to be a lot more aggressive in his tone and in his arguments back to China, or else they'll go ahead and take over the narrative to the world. There is something kind of interesting in in the tone that the administration has taken with regard to Russia versus China. Now, both of those countries are clearly political opponents of the United States. Both of them have engaged in the subjugation of foreign powers to unfreedom, whether you're talking about Hong Kong or whether you're talking about Crimea. Uh, And yet the, the sort of harsh language seems to have been reserved uh, for Vladimir Putin, uh, with with members of the Biden administration calling Putin a killer. Uh, meanwhile, the Chinese government, which is engaged in in tyrannical abuses of its own citizens, and again, the first subjection of a of a truly free power to complete tyranny, I think since the end of World War II, I can't actually name another one. Uh, and and yet, the treatment of China seems to have been, uh, aside from the the sanctions, as you say, which are good, has been rather a kid glove in terms of the rhetoric. Well, it came across as the Biden administration was intimidated by China, and that's something you never want to see happen. I mean, I think that what you're seeing from from President Xi, what you're seeing from Putin is they're challenging the strength of Biden. They want to see if they can run over him. This is the first chance they've smelled blood and they're going to move. It's the reason Putin um, challenged Biden to a debate. It's the reason you're seeing President Xi go and question our the the racist and and sexist tone apparently of America that the Biden and the progressives are claiming that we have. This is just the beginning. They are testing the waters to see how far they can push President Biden. And he needs to he needs to strengthen his back. The administration needs to find their voice and they need to fight back on the goodness of America. And the American people need to join them in that. We cannot ever let any other country define us. We are the best and brightest country in the world. Hands down, I saw it at the United Nations. There's no one even close. But if we don't fight for her, if we don't fight for who we are and what we're made of and what has made this country great, they will define us. And so this is a defining moment for President Biden. This is a moment on the foreign policy stage that's going to dictate how not just China and Russia treat us, but how every other country in the world starts to treat us. It's pretty clear at this point that, as you say, the radical left is in charge of this administration. That is clearly the case when it comes to the border situation, where we've seen this massive influx of, of people attempting to enter the country illegally. The Biden administration is deporting virtually no one. There's a report from Axios suggesting that families who could be deported are apparently only 13% are being deported. 87% are simply being allowed to stay. Many of those are being just released into the interior without even any sort of stamp on their hand to say, you need to come back to a courthouse at a certain date. At, at this point, it seems as though there's no other way to read this, I think, than just as as a political ploy to, to get more people to enter the country illegally, presumably in order to change some of the voting base. You know, Ben, I worked with the Trump administration on this border crisis, actually from the United Nations perspective. I went to Honduras, I went to Guatemala, um, met with them. And we actually, people don't realize, America actually, um, during the time of the caravans when President Trump was trying to get it to stop, we paid for security, we paid for health care of those um, migrants as they were coming over um, to the United States to try and make sure that they were safe and they were healthy. What you're seeing now is a very dangerous situation playing out. This is this is how you know it's dangerous. First of all, you have these gangs, and I know everybody's heard about these gangs, but basically what they do is they charge about $3,500 per person to get them to the United States. So you have um, families that will pay tons of money to these gangsters, then turn around and say, you know, you have to pay even more or you have a better chance if you have a child. So they bring children with them. The problem is 
that President Trump had worked with Guatemala and Honduras, one, to get these gangsters to stop, and two, to hold them accountable. The next thing is by holding them in Mexico, that was less of an incentive for them to want to come to America because they didn't want to go from Honduras to Mexico. They didn't want to sit there and have to be somewhere else. And it let them know that the president wasn't going to let them in. The first sign of how dangerous this was is when all of those migrants showed up in Biden campaign t-shirts. That's the way you know that those gangsters went and said, put these campaign shirts on and they're going to let you in. This is a very organized thing that happens. And if you don't nip it in the country where it starts, you shouldn't be dealing with this at the American border. You should be dealing with this at the origin of the country that it's starting. And that's what President Trump did. And the idea that Biden is in all of this Trump reversal syndrome, where he thinks he's just got to reverse everything Trump did in order to make himself look better, is making him look foolish. And you're putting a lot of children at risk. You're putting a lot of women at risk. We've seen the pictures that have come back. It's inhumane. I mean, for all the people that criticize President Trump saying that we had kids in cages, what in the world is that that we saw in those pictures? It's absolutely horrific. And what makes it even worse is Biden hasn't been to the border. Kamala Harris is laughing about going to the border. And no one is doing anything to protect these people or protect Americans. I mean, Marionette Miller-Meeks in Iowa had to draft a bill, which is ridiculous she even had to draft this, draft a bill to test migrants for COVID before they ever entered our country. Why is that even an issue? So, I mean, the catch and release is dangerous. I think that this is an absolute failure of the Biden administration, and he hasn't even hit his first 100 days. Both of them, Kamala Harris and President Biden, need to show up at the border and acknowledge this crisis for what it is. That is Ambassador Nikki Haley. You can check out her brand new piece over at dailywire.com. Ambassador, thanks so much for the time. Really appreciate it. Thanks, Ben. We'll get to more on this in just one second. First, Pure Talk believes in American values and that free should mean, you know, like free. So when you switch to Pure Talk today, you'll get a free Samsung 5G smartphone. There's no four-line requirement, no activation fee, just a free Samsung that's built to last with a rugged screen, quick charging battery, and top-tier data security. Qualifying plans start at just 35 bucks a month for unlimited talk, text, 15 gigs of data, and a mobile hotspot. Pure Talk gives you phenomenal coverage on America's most dependable 5G network. It's the same coverage you know and love, but for half the price of the other guys. The average family saves almost $1,000 a year. So I challenge you to choose a company that actually doesn't hate your guts and shares your values. Let Pure Talk's expert U.S. customer service team help you make the switch today. Go to puretalk.com Shapiro to claim your eligibility for your free brand new Samsung 5G smartphone and start saving on wireless today. Again, go to puretalk.com Shapiro to switch to my cell phone company. I've been using them for years. They're fantastic. You'll love them as well. Go to puretalk.com Shapiro and claim your eligibility on that free brand new Samsung 5G smartphone. Start saving. <laughs> 